0: to the Discover Your And podcast. This podcast will highlight unique opportunities and exciting topics about the College of Arts and Sciences at Mississippi State University. The College of Arts and Sciences is the largest college at MSU and we have majors in every subject area.
1: Our students learn about the physical sciences, the social sciences, and the humanities, which we feel prepares our students for all types of careers and graduate programs. And it's what encourages our students to discover their and.
0: Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Discover Your Anne podcast. I'm your host, Ava, and today we are speaking with MSU Assistant Clinical Professor for the Department of Geosciences, Dr. Athena Owen-Nagel, and the recent award she received for her online teaching practices. And I'm your host, Hannah.
1: Dr. Nagel, we are very happy to have you with us today. Before we get into all the topics we want to cover,
2: tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, Well, um, like Ava said, I'm an assistant clinical professor. I was actually one of the first clinical professors on main campus um, hired, so that's kind of fun. I'm getting ready to go up for promotion next year. I'm excited about that. Um, I do research on carbonate island karst, which means I study caves and tropical islands most of the time. Um, So if you have to, you decide to go into research, make sure you can go to a cool place if you're going to do it. Yes.
1: (laughs) Well, before we, like I said, before we Really dive into the topics we want to cover. We want to start with a few icebreaker questions, those are always fun.
2: The first, what is your favorite MSU ice cream? For sure, the Muscadine Ripple. Uh, I really like that one. I'm not a, a chocolate girl, and I didn't know about Muscadines until I moved to Mississippi, so I definitely enjoy it.
1: They make our catering on campus, they make a great Muscadine punch and it is really good.
0: I've never had
1: that. That sounds great.
0: Next uh, icebreaker question, if you could learn one new professional or personal skill, what would it be?
2: Um, I had a hard time coming up with just one. I have lots of things uh, I like to learn all the time, Um, but I think right now it might be fun to know more about programming. Uh, Especially, I teach GIS and the field is definitely moving towards more programming Uh, and I've had friends that could make the software do things that the buttons couldn't do because they could program. And so I think that would be a really useful tool for uh, my research and helping students with research um, to be able to do more programming. I think that a lot of people should know more of
1: that. My younger brother is a student. He got his kinesiology degree and now he's working on his computer science degree. You know, it's just, it's a different language. Literally computer programming is. So I think that would be really cool. To learn.
2: Yeah I think so.
1: Well tell us a little bit more about the award you received and when we say this we mean that Dr. Nagel just won a really awesome award for the things that she does on campus for the teaching she does online. I believe that you've been teaching online for 11 years at Mississippi State? Yeah somehow that long already. (laughs) I'm not sure how that happened. Well before we get into the experience of the online world and the things that you've done in the in that field, tell us more about the award
2: that you just won. Okay well the most recent one I won was the the National Teaching Award from the UPCEA. Um, It is an organization that specifically focuses on online and continuing education Um, and so I was very honored to win uh, this award. Um, I had to win the region. Um, so Dr. Susan Seal from the Center of Distance Education uh, nominated me for the regional award, um, and then I won the region, the South region award, and got nominated for the uh, national award, and then um, found out I won that. Um, so it was super exciting, and it was uh, it was really been just kind of the highlight of the pandemic for me, if that makes sense, to win. All these awards when online teaching is so important right now, and just when everything's so hard to have like these really cool highlights. Um, so I get I get the they're sending me a plaque, and then I will be recognized at a virtual conference in April for for the award.
0: That's, That's awesome! Very exciting. Uh, I wanted to ask you. You mentioned. Um, it being the highlight of the pandemic. So when the university did switch to online, were you already set and ready or did you have to make some adjustments for your students?
2: Um, I did have to make adjustments because my students' lives changed. I didn't have to make adjustments to my online classes, but um, I was a lot more flexible with the things that happened. Um, The online classes I teach are for our degree program. So a lot of those students aren't local to Mississippi, so they had different struggles. Um, so I had one student for example who lived in California and they shut down everything like hardcore and his textbooks were in his office and he couldn't go to his office anymore Um, and I had other students um, that worked full-time and now they had no daycare and they were trying to figure out I mean I related to that but they uh, they were trying to figure out how to juggle everything and so accommodating the rapid changes in their lives still had to happen um, but the way online classes were set up that was the same we had to change the the due dates and stuff because of the the longer spring break but um, in terms of teaching itself that didn't change but accommodations were needed.
1: That's a really good point when we think about switching online we think about the method and we've heard a lot about that about how people who are not used to teaching online or taking online classes that they were just trying to learn how to find the best way to reach their students. But then like you said, there are also other things that were going on. It, was, it wasn't it was necessarily, how do I get my material on Canvas? It was, how do I make accommodations for students? Because like you said, online students are from all over the place. Mm-hmm. And to take that into account, I bet that was a lot. And what we have found is yes the students were going through a lot but so were the professors so were the people teaching on campus and we don't ever want to discredit how people feel you know because people on campus are looked at as the professionals and they know what they're doing but everybody was struggling during the pandemic i mean who who didn't who wouldn't during the pandemic who thought we'd ever live through a pandemic <laughs> not
2: me <laughs> yeah no. well have you ever taught in person? I have. Um, it's been a while, but I have. Um, I think it's been about five years, actually. Um, we uh, So I, I would teach online or on campus occasionally, but I was hired to teach online uh, specifically. And I started off as an instructor, and then I did my PhD through my employee benefits. And then when these clinical teaching positions opened, um, that's how I was one of the first ones to move into that. Um, but kind of around that time, about five years ago, uh, they we started uh, offering a environmental geoscience program in addition to some of the other online programs we had. And um, at the time, I was the only um, geologist online faculty we had, and so um, I needed to kind of carry that load. and um, And so that's why I've been mostly online uh, since then, which is which is just fine with me. <laughs> and
0: um, with it being. Women's History Month. We really wanted to talk about women in the classroom. And I know that you mentioned because I wanted to ask you if you technically worked in a male dominated field and what it, that was like, uh, what that is like being a woman in the classroom. Um, but I think it, you said that it's interesting, you were the only faculty member at the time. So if you could go into more detail about that and what it's like being a woman teaching in this type of
2: field. Um, I would say overall that geology is more male dominated. it is um, becoming more inclusive. and I'm really happy that our department at Mississippi state does have a lot of women geologists as well. Um we're pretty equal in that, and I think that's awesome. I've met other women who are literally the only woman in the entire department uh, in ge- in geology. um so i'm I'm really grateful not to be in that boat. Um, I just happened to be the only online faculty at that time. we did so we did have other um, like I guess solely online, because um, uh, some of our tenure track people do occasionally teach online. So we had a couple of geologists that would fill in that way. Um, it's definitely been a, a struggle at times. Um, I would say I had more interesting, more like interesting times in in industry. Um, that was a bigger issue in industry than I've had at least with teaching. I think because the environment is so good at Mississippi State. Um, but I know there was a lot of times I worked. Uh, as a hazmat responder between my masters and coming back to state. Um, And I would commonly be the only woman in the field. And uh, I mean, people would say all kinds of horrible things and just, I mean, I don't even think they thought about it. Uh, And so it was interesting to just, you know, kind of deal with that and being really separated. And um, another thing that's interesting as a geologist, we go out and we collect samples, like we're outside a lot and you may be in really remote locations. Well, I mean, that can be awkward just Having to go to the bathroom, you know. <laughs> there like there's only guys around you or um I also had interesting times like you talked about um uh, as being a mom where um where you had to take time out to go, you know, pump milk or something for your kid and then trying to explain that to your male colleagues. And um so it, it's definitely been a challenge at times, but um I, I'm really grateful that the environment here has been very conducive to that. Um and and it hasn't been too awkward <laughs> at Mississippi State. Um, but because I know that's not the case for a lot of other women.
1: Right. And uh, We actually had a previous student ambassador, Emily Welch. She did de- uh, geology at Mississippi state. And you talked about going out into the field because geology is about getting out in the world and seeing these things. She talked about the time that she had to go out West and they would spend a month or more out there. And she loved talking about rocks and it was so funny because when she would get with other students who liked talking about that they would just go crazy in those conversations and me or somebody else out in the department it was a little hard to relate it's like that looks really cool but i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) so geology is a a very unique field into geosciences because you mentioned environmental geosciences and then we have the broadcast professional meteorology and geosciences so talk a little bit more about geology
2: okay well um geology is the study of the earth and its earth processes um a lot of people want to just think it's rocks but it is a lot more than rocks and I think the thing I like about it is the story that the rocks can tell you if you know what you're looking for. Um, so those uh, are, those kind of stories are just really interesting. And that's probably what Emily was, was talking about. Um, like certain kinds of rocks uh, are the only ones, sedimentary rocks, that get fossils. And so those are the only ones that tell that kind of story. And then you have rocks that form from a volcano and we can tell, or, I mean, from igneous processes. So a volcano is one way that can happen. Um, but you can tell if they cooled inside the earth or if they came out and they cooled on the surface and you can tell how they cooled like if they started fast and they went slow Um, so they just tell the story of the history of the earth if you know what you're looking for and that has always just been one of the coolest things to me plus I don't think a lot of people realize how much geology affects their lives like in one of the intro classes I teach um, we have a scavenger hunt for minerals in their house and people start to realize like oh there are minerals in my toothpaste there are minerals in my makeup there are minerals in my cell phone i can't drive my car without geology and so all at once people start to realize how important geology really is and it affects all of us all the time even if we don't know anything about it so that's why it's such a cool a cool field to be in that is why
1: i love working in academia being on campus because you learn about everything you learn it's not just the surface level it's like getting to talk to professors like you we actually learn about geology and what it means to the world when I necessarily wouldn't have learned that if I didn't work in this position so because it's important to know a little bit about every field to you know study how it impacts the world
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Dr. Nagel what has been the most interesting thing that you found or the most interesting thing that you found that has told a story
2: uh, in terms of geology, the probably some of the caves that we've been in, um, just because I'm really interested in caves, um, the caves that we study are related to past sea level, uh, and so uh, so it's been kind of neat to see how sea level has changed over time, and it's interesting to relate that to climate change and some of the things that we're seeing now. Um, it's also been really helpful. A lot of the islands that we work on have um, negative water budgets. And so the people there don't necessarily have a lot of water. They may have catchments and things. And flank margin caves form right where the freshwater water lands on the island meets the salt water, like underground. So if you can find those caves, you can use them as a resource sometimes to find water for people, because some of the caves still have water in them. Um, so that's been a really neat kind of twist um, as well. Now, there's also other tons of cool stuff, like here in um, in Octavio County, where we're at, um, we have Cretaceous Seaway uh, here, uh, and we I got to go with Dr. Cleary, who's in my department, and look at a place where there's a mosasaur fossil, like right here in town, or not actually in town, just a little south of town, and so it's just neat that some of those big invertebrate kind of, or vertebrate, I'm sorry, fossils are here. Like, we don't have dinosaurs, but we have these big whales and stuff, and that's always... Cool to see, like people get really excited about those kind of things, but they can be right here in your own backyard.
0: That's very cool. Something to mention. I think a lot of times people forget that Starkville and Octibaha in general, although I mean, we are kind of a small place, there's some very interesting things here. So that's so interesting in your field of work. You can find things like that just right in your own backyard. Um, But kind of to switch gears back to what we were talking about, um, I've read that you are pursuing or obtaining um, the Quality Matter Certification. So could you tell us a little bit more about that and how you're obtaining that or if you've already obtained it, like what was that process like?
2: Um, Yeah, I actually uh, obtained it in February of 2018, which seems like a really long time ago now. (laughs) uh, It was uh, something I went uh, to our department head and talked to him about. And because most of the clinical professors in our department do teach specifically online, Um, Quality Matters is kind of a universal outside independent organization that um, sets up and helps people make really good quality online courses and so that was really important to me I wanted to continue to improve and so he agreed to let us do the training and he's um, since offered it to all of the clinical professors in our department and they're in various phases of getting it so that's cool Um, but you actually get the certification by going through the organization Uh, Quality matters, and then they have—I think it was five classes. Some of them were a week, some of them were two weeks. They had textbooks and assignments and quizzes and uh, things you had to read um, to get the certification. Um, And and it was—it was a lot of things I didn't know yet, and some things that I did. um, Like they test how your technical knowledge is because you can't really teach online very well if you're not very technical. Um, So that was something that you know I was pretty good at that, but I didn't know a lot about. Uh, or as much, I guess, about creating like connection in the class and how to be present in an online class. And so that I think was the most valuable thing I got out of the process. Um, but I, I just learned a ton and how to make the classes accessible um, to uh, people with, um, you know, ADA accommodations or things like that. Um, so it, it kind of touched the gamut of how to make things better for students. Um, and I just I really appreciated what I learned from that process.
1: Well. Cool going back to talking about more of the online world because you just mentioned the technical part of it how have you what methods have you found that keep students engaged and this would be helpful to professors that typically don't teach online
2: i think the biggest thing is is to make sure that you that like you're there in, in a way that the students can see you like i do a thing in all my classes um, called the weekly happenings uh, and I go through each um, Monday. I try to do it every Monday, um, and I, like, I start off my announcement with, like, things that are going on on campus. Um, you know, hey, the baseball team's number three. This is what's going on. We just beat Ole Miss, and then, like, the next thing will be, here's what's to do this week in the class, and then the next thing will be, like, here's the new material you guys will have access to, uh, and then at the bottom, I'll have, like, notes about anything going on, like, I'm sorry unit five assignments, grades a little bit late, I'm working on them, I hope to have those by Tuesday so people know what to expect. And then at the bottom I include some kind of current event um, discussion. Um, and so like I'm teaching natural hazards right now and so we talked about the uh, volcanic eruption in Iceland this week. Uh, and and I asked a specific question for the students to answer on a discussion board each week. And so then now they're engaging with each other too so that creates some connection. Um, So I've tried and I haven't been able to do it all of this semester because things are so crazy with COVID. But I've tried to make like a video of myself, like talking about the announcements to go with the the text. So then they're seeing my face every week, even if I'm not on the lectures. So I'm not an expert in tornado genesis. And so um, I've had someone else come in and do that. So I'm not on all the videos necessarily, but that way they're still seeing me. Something else that's been really fun to do, um, even for myself, like on the other end, because I don't like to just see text either. Um, I started doing some active learning assignments in my class based on things that students have wherever they're at. Um, and it could be like they have to make a model of a glacier out of slime and I give them a the slime recipe, or we just model plate tectonics with cookies. Um, and so like Oreo cookies, or I guess I don't know if I get that's a copyright, but I hold them wait for cookies. I think. <laughs> Um, and so I had students post selfies on the discussion board as part of as their assignment with their model. Like, here's my glacier, or here's um, here's my cookies. And um, so I have them post selfies then with their different models. And the thing that's been really great about that is I get to see their faces more often, and they get to see their classmates. And so I've had several students that have commented about, hey, this makes this feel more like a face-to-face class, because I actually see the people that I'm in class with, and... Um, that's just been a fun thing, even for me, too, because, you know, emails are fun, but they're not the same, Uh, so those have been some great ways I've, um, I've had some connection there, and I
0: love that you say that from a student's perspective, it
2: definitely was difficult
0: to switch to online when all that I've known is in person, so to work with a professor who is being very active in, like, not just trying to teach us, but working with us on a personal level like even things like oh this is what's going on with msu this week a lot of students if they're not on campuses often anymore they don't have any idea so from a student's perspective that's something that i really appreciate and i think that's great and i really hope that other professors are working on implementing things like that um, while we're still kind of juggling this online learning slash teaching thing. So to go kind of off that, we're talking more about students. Um, This is a student-based podcast. We try to talk about things that prospective students will be interested in and current students will be interested in. Do you have any advice overall for prospective or current students of MSU?
2: Well, um, if you're going to be an online student, I would would say to make sure that you get a good calendar um, because I can make the best class ever, but I can't make you log in. Um, I feel like there's a little bit different accountability for uh, making yourself log in versus coming to class and knowing that your professor won't see your face. Um, so if you're going to be online, you're going to have to find that motivation to get you, get yourself there. And then um, then after that, I, I could take over with the content and stuff and help in making the class cool. But I can't get you to log in necessarily. Um, so that would be definitely one example. Um, I would also tell students uh, in an online environment, it could be easy to just assume you're by yourself. Like I find that happens. Like people are like, Oh, I don't have anyone with me. They're sitting at home by themselves doing it. And so they don't ask the questions that they would ask normally, even if it's just like, you know, you'd ask the person sitting next to you, Hey, I don't know how to do number four. I did this. What did you do? You know? And so you learn from that too. So you're going to have to take a little more initiative too to engage on the discussion boards to still get that connection Um, with people and to get help when you need it. Um, Especially undergrads, I find they don't ask questions. Like a lot of times I'll get students that are like, what can I do to improve my grade and just ask more questions. Like, you know, email me. I want to teach you. It's not an inconvenience. Like I get a lot of, I'm sorry to bother you. You're not bothering me. This is what my job is. I love it. Let me teach you. (laughs) Um, That's definitely what I would say is just interact. Like, you know, you're paying for that person, you know, you're paying for that class and that person wants to help you. So definitely take advantage of that. Don't feel like you're by yourself.
1: Wonderful advice. That's what we tell students every single time orientation, get to know your professors. They are teachers because they want to teach you. They're not just here to research and go home. So I'm really glad you said that.
0: Yeah. Like Hannah said, that's something we definitely try to mention in all of our episodes about how the opportunities are there, your professors, faculty, staff, everyone is here to help you. It's just a matter of reaching out and putting in your efforts so that they can put in theirs. But Dr. Nagel, thank you so much for sitting down with us and speaking with us about all of these interesting things. We had a really good time. Uh, I hope you enjoyed your time here with us as well.
2: I did. Thank you guys for inviting oh. me. I. I like the opportunity to talk more to students too. So this has been definitely fun.
0: And everyone listening, thank you all. And we will be back for episode 13.